everyone, and welcome to Employee, your podcast for rethinking employment. My name is Christina Walker-Meyer, and I'm your host for this podcast. And today we have Andreas Schanzenbach here with us today. Andreas is the co-founder of Chromatics, a creative agency based in Dresden and Berlin. And different from many other creative and advertising agencies, Chromatics focuses not only on the creative output for their clients, but especially on the well-being of their employees. So when I heard that uh, Chromatics regularly runs coaching sessions in the team, I got super interested in what they're doing there exactly. And um, yeah, after talking to Andreas on their approach, I thought this is super interesting and those insights could not only be valuable for job seekers, but especially other companies and of course their HR folks. So Andreas, are you ready? Yes, I am. After I was voted in one accord to the Art Directors Club in Germany last night, I think we can start. Yeah, congrats on that. So before we jump right into your work at Chromatics, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So who are you? What are your passions? What are your dreams? <laughs> One of my dreams is to create Daft Punk for the Semper Open Dresden and make a ballet um, performance with them for one week. I think that would be great. That's so, a great so dream, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and besides that, you know, born in Dresden, really, um, you know, raised in the GDR. I made it to the Jauf Pioneer and to the Ernst Thielmann Pioneer, and then the wall came down, and then suddenly there was He-Man, She-Ra, Sable Riders, Transformers, and all these colors, and uh, the movie Beat Street. So I went to graffiti, I did, you know, all the things, DJing, photography, journalism, and then I was looking for a field where we could combine all these skills. And I thought that the creative agency might be directly the place where this could fit. Interesting. So can you tell us a bit what Chromatics is doing? So what's your goal or which problems are you trying to solve? Good question. <laughs> we, I think we are, we are still, you know, we see ourselves as a lab, you know, like a big experiment. And I believe also this is important for us to challenge always the status quo. I believe in the moment you try to preserve the status quo, it's kind of, you know, the day of your end. So, so it's always you know evolving. Uh, but um, in fact, you know we believe that a um, healthy economy will create a healthy society. So if it's in balance, mm -hmm. and uh, healthy for us especially means you know being mindful, being peaceful, being co-creative, being sustainable, and that's really you know what we're trying to do you know on our daily basis to help you know companies to become fit for the future and to put in their part for, you know, creating this healthy society. So would you say this is your purpose? Yeah, I would say this is really our purpose. And um, yeah, we, we strongly believe, you know, that we, yeah, that it's in the moment that we're missing that point, that we're missing this balance, that, you know, the balance has become out of control, that it's not longer, you know, like enterprises serving humans, which is actually kind of where it all came from. You know, mm -hmm. that's, that's the purpose of an enterprise per se. And um, also for us, you know, there is the simple rule, rule we say, you know, like planet Earth first, human second, technology third. Mm -hmm. And I believe if you simply have this in your mind, you can't do so much wrong. I heard you're bringing a coach into your daily agency business. Why are you doing that? Okay. <laughs> and first of all, you know, like um, we had this, I think one important, you know, like this moment of truth. Um, where we realized that obviously most of the difficulties, the challenges we experience 
have something to do with ourselves, meaning the leaders. So, you know, like, as you know, in Germany, there's a saying, you know, like, the fish always stings from the head. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if this is also an idiom in, in English, but in Germany, it's like that. And, uh, yeah, this is something we, we, you know, we, we realize that basically it's ourselves blocking us, you know, blocking us from progress. And so we really started by ourselves, you know. So we, you know, did all these things, you know, personal coaching, you know, like, mindfulness training, you know, like yoga, like all these, you know, interdisciplinary things of your, you know, forming your body, forming your soul, forming your mind. Once, you know, we, we, we made good progress and we actually, you know, like always also like to try different things out. So, you know, when we had the feeling, okay, with this coach, you know, we have come to an end, then, you know, we were looking for the next one. And then, um, you know, I think when we cleaned ourselves, <laughs> And then it was time to do this with the team, you know, and integrate the team as well. And uh, we started with single sessions, so, you know, that everyone had the chance to, you know, see for himself, you know, is there a personal relationship I can build up, you know, can I build up trust? And once we went through the single sessions, then we really started to work with the whole team. And I believe that was the first important step uh, because this helped, you know, for everyone to build trust, you know, be open-minded, you know, to to... Yeah, also talk about the difficult things, you know, not, you know, we all know, you know, it's like, a, I think the, the core is, it's always about the relationship. And, you know, come on, most of our time we spend with our employees, isn't it? With our colleagues, with our, you know, like, yeah, people in the company, with our clients. And uh, therefore, I think it makes totally sense to try to make the best out of it, you know, to, yeah, to have an environment where you love to come to work and not, you know, like thing you know thank god it's monday and not mm -hmm. thank god it's friday um i thought there was really one really interesting point that you said you guys in the leadership on the management round realized that all the problems start well within the top of Absolutely. like the top management i mean this is for me i think very special because i just know it the other way around that the top management complains there is something wrong and uh, usually we look for the mistakes in the very low levels of the employees so but this was is totally like, yeah was was there like a single moment where you like why it was, why you realized that and for me personally uh, i mean you know this is now totally transparent yeah how it all started was actually that um, you know like we are three founders And two of my founders, um, very in the beginning, I think we were like two or two and a half years in the business, came to myself and said, look, Andreas, we need to talk to you. They said on the one side, you know, we're seeing you're doing an amazing job, you know, companies progressing, you know, we're hiring people. So from the outside, everything looks good. But from the inside, they had um, experienced that, um, you know, like there's, how let's say like a character thing, yes, like a um, thing you could also clearly see and hear um, from myself where they saw problems coming, you know, like in the future, you know, because this was the thing, you know, like um, I wasn't really mindful and I had this attitude to kind of shoot people with my words, but I never realized <laughs> when I when I hit the deer, you know, yeah. so I was still, you know, shooting the deer and, you know, there was just bones and I still kept shooting the bones and they realized, okay, we, you know, we need to get him kind of under control because, you know, he has obviously great skills, but with this thing, you know, We see, see problems coming up. Yeah, so they challenged me, you know, to, to you know, to said, okay, look, if you need help from outside, you know, feel free to take a coach. We, we will pay this as a company, you know, because you know, obviously, we invest in ourselves. And this is really where it all started from. And then, you know, like the very first coach and um, had the great ab ability to find, you know, the, the the underlying problem. And as 
most of the time, you know, it was a thing from my childhood. And basically, you know, like, um, yeah, I got like domestic violence at home and, uh, you know, like in school and, you know, in prim primary school and also in secondary school. And basically that was what I kind of developed, you know, and of this physical violence, I developed a high skill of um, talking violence. Yeah. So. Mm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then, then, okay, now I knew what was the problem. And then obviously I was looking for a solution. You know? I was looking for a way to deal with it, you know, to control it, you know, because that was the point, you know, I couldn't control it. It was really like the rumble was coming out and was shooting, 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 shooting. And in fact, it took, I think, five coaches until I finally made it through it to 100%. Mm -hmm. It was a long way for myself. And I think this was also which made me... Yeah, like a little bit more humble. <laughs> yeah. Because working on yourself and seeing how hard it is to change, you know, things which are rooted so deep into yourself, you know, um, yeah, makes you humble and maybe also a little more, more gentle mm -hmm. in regards to other people changing themselves. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, I think before you can even approach or solve a problem, first of all, you need to become aware what the problem actually is. So I can totally relate to the topic. <laughs> You also said like you're running all those sessions uh, with the team. So what kind of problems are you trying to solve with that? Or what's your goal to, to run those sessions now as well with the team? They're, you know, like we, we, I think it has a lot to do with our vision. You know, we believe that um, in fact, you know, everyone should be as um, self-conscious as possible. You know, so in the ideal world, you know, like everyone is just contributing to the to the company's mission and to the vision and without needing any direction, which is obviously, you know, like um, dystopian. But I think everyone gets what I'm talking about. So what we're really trying is to get everyone as, you know, self-confident, you know, as um, self-working as possible you know so still you know we also believe that teamwork is totally important and this is why for example one year we invested into you know finding out what co-creation means for ourselves so especially for chromatics for the team you know with our clients with everyone around but at the end you know like everyone should be uh, able to you know like yeah make his own decisions you know be free you know don't you know don't come to me and ask me for budget clearance, you know, don't come to me with, you know, just telling me there is a problem, you know, rather come to me and tell me, look, there's this problem and here's my suggested solutions, you know, like mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And, I, and obviously it's also like investing in also their personality, you know, like um, not saying that everyone needs it, but, you know, if, if ever someone feels, okay, you know, there's a challenge and I'm just not, you know, I'm not able to handle it and, you know, but I would love to do it. That's, that's also important. It needs to be intrinsic, you know, so we don't force anyone to it. What is important for us is that it always stays optional. So obviously if you work with a team, you know, it's kind of a team thing, but um, on the individual level, it's always optional. And obviously you decide also always, you know, on a daily basis, how much you want, you know, to make you natural, how much you want to make yourself naked, you know, in front of the team and share your thoughts, uh, share your problems. So it's no one's getting forced, you know, it's like um, it's an invitation, you know, and I think everyone um, at the beginning, funny enough, you know, um, I think it wasn't that normal or that, you know, that's yeah, just normal because I believe, especially here in Germany, we have still a um, problem with, you know, like going to a psychologist or, you know, yeah, seeing a coach. Um, it's not, you know, the American way where it's totally normal and everyone has a couple of coaches. Here yeah. it's more than like, oh, okay, you need a psychologist. Something needs, seems to be wrong with you, you know, yeah. like that kind of thing. And, uh, but 
I think we had always good um, coaches who um, made them feel comfortable and, you know, they they could build this trust and especially our current co coach, which is funny enough story. Um, we used to have uh, like, I think five male coaches and now since three years we have a um, female coach and um, yeah, I, I think we will work with Jenny Kleitzmann also like for the next couple of years and also looking back, there are definitely differences between working with male coaches and female coaches, you know, like, and I'm not saying that one is better than the other, but uh, for us, um, female coaches definitely bring um, a lot of, let's call it extra values or extra, you know, like caretakers um, with their job, um, which a male, you know, has to work for or even can't, you know, can't even, uh, you know, apply to his work. Yeah, so. For example? One simple but important thing is um, when you really dig deep, you need to help people to come back to, let's say, normal status quo, so that obviously, you know, once the coaching is over, they can go home and, you know, be fine or, you know, simply keep on working. Yes? And um, this is actually something males often don't do at all. So they just, you know, dig deep and then they leave you down in the dungeon, you know, and yeah. <laughs> don't help you to come back to the surface <laughs> again. And yeah. I think that, that is especially important when you work with a team. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, of course, it's also important to dig deep to, the, you know, down to these problems, you know, hidden in the dungeons, hidden in the cellar. But it's also important, you know, that you have someone, you know, getting the whole team in the elevator and coming back to normal, mm -hmm. you know, on the surface and saying, okay, and now we start, just keep, you know, working on the other things. And in the next session, we go down again, you know, like, yeah. and uh, this is something, um, especially Jenny does really well. And she has really this, you know, even if there's a time restriction, this is the thing she always does, yeah. you know, and she has like a method methodology and also, and, you know, sometimes, you know, the, the, let's say the team uh, has a huge problem you don't get the consents and then it's also important either to say look okay keeps you know we keep sitting we keep working until we have the consents or it needs to be parked properly and this is exactly you know it sounds so normal but unfortunately it's not i yeah. can tell from my experience that uh, these things which should be normal by now you know i know what mm. is important for those things but back then i didn't have the experience and uh, so i thought okay it is normal when someone just leaves you with your problems and then you need weeks to come back to normal. Yeah. And, and now I have experienced a different quality. Yeah, no, I think this is super, super important because I think people have emotions, people have thoughts and then you just take it out. And if you do not like properly yeah, exit those situations, Absolutely. you just take it with you constantly and it's working inside you. So um, can you tell us a bit uh, how does those coaching sessions look like? So you said they're group sessions, but they're also individual sessions. So what kind of formats do you offer and like how does a typical session, coaching session with a team maybe also look like? Also there we, we do make progress. Uh, last year it was this way, you know, like um, we as the, you know, like as the board team, yes, um, sat down with the coach, with Jenny, and we were thinking about, okay, so what's the next step in our co-creational process? Uh, what are we going to do? Maybe also sometimes, you know, thinking about, yeah, I think we are, you know, we haven't, completely done through the the, the the topic so you know like even making this decision okay 
sorry, but we have to do it again. Yeah, we're still not through. And so we prepared with Jenny and then, you know, like together with Jenny and the whole team, we then um, worked throughout the whole day. It was at the beginning a lot also with drawing, so which was also again a new experience. So it was really like kind of asking the team, okay, um, draw a picture of how co-creation looks for you. Mm -hmm. So you had to, you know, this is for some people a big challenge to work visual. (laughs) And then, you know, like we were evolving that, you know, it it became a pattern, you know. So next time we said like, okay, again, same, you know, exactly the same um, um, task. Please draw how co-creation looks for you. But then suddenly after 10 minutes, there was a break and you had to swap your picture with someone else of the team and they were finishing your, 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 your picture. And uh, by, again, you know, this is really simple, um, yeah, really simple homework. But um, in fact, you know, there they could immediately experience what co-creation can do because, you know, they had a vision of their picture, yes, and then suddenly they got interrupted and someone else was finishing it. And, you know, obviously it will look different than the picture you were, you know, imagining. But in the best case, by the other person, it got, you know, better. It got uh, different, you know, you, you, you achieved something different. And I think this is exactly these little moments you need to achieve, you know, t- showing them why it makes sense to co-create with the others, you know, because if you have this attitude, oh, I should have done it by myself. Honestly, then do it by yourself. Mm. Just, you know, keep in mind, then it will be also restricted to your own excellence. Mm. It, will, it, it won't grow, you know, uh, beyond yourself. You know, it, will, it won't grow beyond your own excellence. Yeah. So, you know, it was always interactive, you know, different methodologies, you know, drawing, brainwriting, you know, like uh, also the typical role model play, you know, role play, which is also sometimes... <laughs> <laughs> a little bit restricting for the people who are kind of scared. Oh my God, you know, now everyone is looking at me. And But um, I think, um, you know, like um, they understood that it's fun and but also important for them. And this year we, w- we are going to change that. This year the new um, idea is that um, the team members who, you know, have a problem they are most interested in. Yeah, Let's say um, I, I, I still can't get... Uh, the client um, adhered to to the project timeline. Okay, this is a lot of us have those problems. So yeah, so let's say you would be interested in how can I make it that also the client and everyone involved, you know, all the co-creators adhere to the timeline. Yeah, then I would say, okay, Christina. So you and the team who's interested in most, and Jenny, are preparing the workshop, and then you know the board and the whole team will go in and ideally you will even lead the workshop. So what we also are going to do this year is to, you know, like immediately enable our team to, you know, come up with those workshops and solutions by themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's the next step. Great. Um, I think uh, I really like the example where you said that people should like sketch the what co-creation means. For me, this was really eye-opening when I was part of a design sprint a few years ago. And I was complaining why I had to sketch my ideas because my sketching skills are super poor. The lead of the design sprint said, okay, can you uh, just all sketch a banana boat? And I was like, oh, why should we do that? So everyone sketched a banana boat. And then we looked at each other. So what I painted is like a banana with some wheels. But then like others painted a boat with a banana on top and stuff like that. Like it was really, really different. So um, that was really uh, eye-opening for me how when, when you just hear a word, how different people understand something completely different or that they have like completely different perspectives on a word was 
What does that mean to them? It was a, I think it was a banana car, though. Yeah, but, but, yeah, but, yeah. but it, this is a big topic. And actually, going back to the question before, something comes in my mind. And this was, I think, the oh yeah, most annoying work, but it's so important, um, defining words. Mm. So, you know, like uh, Jenny is always strict on if we have a new topic, like co-creation, yes, um, to say, okay, what... What are the main words you know we will use during our the next weeks, months, yes? And then uh, we as a team need to define every single word by ourselves where we say, okay, if we talk now about client, about revenue, about uh, you know marketing, yeah, simple words, yeah, about brands, we need to ensure that when we use that words, everyone in the room sees exactly the same yeah. thing. And this is also something totally underestimated yeah. and it takes, unfortunately, sometimes a lot of time, but it's worth every minute, honestly. Like, uh, and, and also by now, you know, when we did it the first time, everyone was like, oh, do we really need to do this? Oh my God, you know what? This is boring, you know, like, and then, you know, like when they saw, you know, how difficult it is, you know, to commit as a team to, you know, one definition of a word, they understood why we have to do it you yeah. know because otherwise we we are kind of talking but you know like the exchange is poor because yeah. we're talking about different things yeah i can also remember when i was at my uh, beginning of my career and i needed to do client presentations i sometimes just used you know those websites for synonyms where i just put some words in that it sounded fancy and then years later as I had this moment when I finally understood those words because I have the feeling like often you use um, especially adjectives and like those buzzwords in such a crazy manner and then at some point you uh, you do not, do not really understand and that's why I think it's really, really important. So for example, we're using the word relevance a lot here, relevance, yeah. and it's, we're using it as a synonym for personalization, customization and so on. When I talk to my younger colleagues, often I have the feeling like it's just a buzzword, like no one is really challenging what, what's behind that word and yeah, what does it absolutely. even mean. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's uh, really, really important. A, a second point that I really liked is um, that you say you're now enabling the team to somehow coaching themselves. Is that correct? I mean, we're having the same thing uh, calling the agile cultures within the company. Why do you think it's important also that you enable the team to, to coach? Uh, as, uh, there are different aspects. Uh, one is obviously, I, I, especially with a structure like, you know, Salando, um, you know, this is where scaling com comes from, isn't it? Because if you're always depending on outside resources, you're limited, you know, to the availability of those resources. So obviously, if you grow your inside resources, then, you know, like you have a scaling effect. Um, on the other side, um, I think it's even more important, especially, you know, I think as an agency, um, you know, that we have these skills by the daily work with our clients, isn't it? Because, you know, at the end, it's, you know, like when you come, you know, we, we don't want to work on symptoms, you know, like we really want to go to the source of the problem and we want to fix the source. So I guess, you know, there you need some proper workshop and coaching skills mm. to get down to these um, sources. And as you say, it's even the attitude, isn't it? Like, because we all know it, you know, there could this briefing be whatever, you know, like, um, hey, because of GDPR, yeah, um, uh, we need to have a new lead management and uh, the goal for this year is whatever, we need to have 250,000 um, quality, quality addresses. In fact, you know, a similar briefing 
was there in the uh, in the past with a client yes so and then um, we told them okay understood you know so you need to ge uh, generate 250 quality contacts for the for the company okay that's that's fair enough but then you know like we started to ask like why <laughs> and obviously they got crazy you know like because they were totally shocked that we asked this question yes so we said okay forget the question other question what are quality contacts and again they were like they didn't have an answer you know so and you know then we helped them and so told them okay look let's first define what the quality contact means for your company you know and then we did these things you know like is it an email address or you know the mobile phone number is it the home address you know what is you know is it the birth date what what you know is the quality contact mm -hmm. and once we have defined that then we asked yeah, the first question so why you need now these quality contacts and yeah <laughs> but it sounds funny but this is unfortunately you know like still the status quo especially in germany you, know? yeah. you get these tasks and no one is asking you know you know, no one is questioning, you know, challenging the task itself, yeah. you know, just it's like, like bees, you know, like, like ants, you know, like, oh, yeah, there is this task. And, you know, now we just need to, you know, like, um, yeah, manage the task. Now yeah. we need to, you know, do a production, whatever. You need to have an idea of how to generate leads. And no one is asking, you know, what, what kind of leads? Why? Yeah. For what? What do you want to do with them? You know, there's a great book called uh, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Or there are also a lot of um, videos by him around the topic. I highly recommend this one. I think it's always a good idea to start with why. So maybe I give you the next why question for you. So why do you believe these uh, sessions that you run with a coach? Um, why do you believe they create value for for your company and how? Okay, the, <laughs> I think there is a soft and hard aspects to it, you know. And um, soft ones are definitely, you know, like yeah, you you. you you definitely make an environment everyone wants to work in. You have a um, proper, you know, channel where, you know, you can also address difficult things, you know, you might don't want to address in the daily work life, which is actually, but is our goal, you know, and I think we are kind of, kind of good in this already, you know, like that, you know, like if something happens immediately, you know, like you either talk about it or you apologize and just come, you know, really a couple of minutes later, you go to, you know, your colleague and say like, Oh my God, sorry, you know, I wasn't mindful enough, you know, that, you know, I didn't meant it this way. I do apologize. I have a hard day, whatever, you know, this is what normally should happen. And, and, you know, like sometimes we all know, you know, if the operations is too stressed, you know, like obviously our mindfulness uh, goes down. And then I think you desperately need these rooms, you know, where then, you know, the whole team can, you know, like clean themselves and, you know, talk about, you know, what they like, what they don't like and so on. And, um, Obviously, um, it has propelled us, you know, immediately, but also, you know, like sustainable because the quality and the excellence of the whole organization is, you know, like rising with every coaching we do, you know. And uh, honestly, I know that, for example, even in the first quarter of this year, we wouldn't have been able to, you know, like survive <laughs> in the, you know, work meaning way um, that quarter without, you know, all the qualities we have, uh, you know, like built up by, you know, doing all these coachings. And at the end of the day, I would even say, if you, you know, if you strive every single way, you know, if you, if you look at the blank sheet, I think this is the most important value because even if, you know, like the company goes bankrupt or you close it down or whatever, this is what everyone will take away, mm -hmm. you know, because this is a personal gain as well, you know, and, and at the end, as I said, you know, like we strongly believe that corporations must and um, in the first you know the first thing they must serve is you know humans so yeah. 
And I think this is also what we're trying to do is like um, living our, our own rules, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So I have another question and uh, it's a more delicate question. I mean, I have an agency background myself. I understand a little bit how the agency model works. So mostly you book hours like of your employees and then you create an invoice and send it to your client. And uh, so there's this one question which is stuck in my head. It's like, um, how and why can you afford to dedicate those sessions for your team? Because first of all, it's like time that you cannot book on your client. So, and um, yeah, why do you afford that? And do you think it will pay off in the long run? I think it was this, um, especially this, you know, experience that we had by ourselves that, you know, like, this is the way to move forward. Now, you know, like your goal can be that you want to have a certain, uh, you know, like um, amount of money which you would like to get at the end of the year out of the company, or you think about, you know, the vision and mission of your company and what you're trying to achieve. And that's what we stand at the first line, you know, so or put on the first line. So basically, you know, like I rather don't have any money at the end of the year, you know, which I get on top, but know that we have again progress as a team and as a company so that's the first thing and the other thing is um, in regards to agencies and changing obviously um, the best thing is if you have your own products as well you know because we all know you know especially as it said like working on a purely hourly rate basis can be stressful and can be even you know become delicate especially you know with the market changing and you know like you have these hype cycles where you would need to hire much more stuff and then in the worst case you know there's no requests and so i believe it's important to have these um yeah to, to, to have products and on top of that we have kind of the robin hood strategy so we also work with the big corporations to kind of help smaller corporations and ngos like doctors without borders and yeah so that's kind of how we transfer the money <laughs> so based on your answer would you say that um employee satisfaction is more important for you than profitability uh, to 110 percent but uh how does it go hand in hand i mean at some point would you not make your employees very unhappy if you need to shut down <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course no so so we all know you know an enterprise needs to be prof profitable and we are constantly working on that you know we're constantly reiterating you know the, the way we we charge the way we work um, you know like the and we're looking also constantly for new profit centers. So, you know, obviously, you know, but in regards to money, I really have to say, we want to have money only to have, you know, like we see if we have more money as resource, we have more freedom to do things we like. That's the point, you know, we have more freedom to do RT projects, you know, unpaid projects, you know, like this is what's driving us, you know, and I think this is also a good thing because mm -hmm. You know, I don't need to have this Porsche, I don't need to have a Ferrari, I don't need to have a car anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. You mentioned earlier that especially those individual sessions or those coaching sessions are like optional for employees. Like, do you have employees that don't want to participate in that? And then how do you deal with maybe employees that are not so interested in all those coaching sessions? <laughs> okay, now to be careful, but uh, we used to have employees which didn't um, so much like the whole coaching aspect but and I don't you know I think it's also nothing bad or I, I'm not saying this in a mean way but um, I guess maybe there is a reason why they're not longer with us and I'm just saying this is totally fine you know like if, if you think you know like that's not how I want to have my daily work life 
then obviously we are the wrong company. It's simple like that, you know, like I, and it's not like this, you know, like, ah, yes, I decide the rules. It's more like on the other way around. I think, you know, we as employees decide in which work environment we want to work, in which work environment we want to live. And that's what I'm always, you know, like also challenging or what I would like to push is you are in charge, you know, you have the power to decide in which work environment do you want to work, you know, and I think sometimes also when I see it, you know, like, for example, I used to be a member of the board of a school, there sometimes really I was asking myself, you know, like, oh my God, why, why are you making it so difficult for yourself as well, you know, like, everyone could literally see even on your outside that you don't want to be here, so, you know, like, honestly, just quit, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. why, why are you making me you know, why are you forcing that I have to make this decision? You know, like, it's not that I have a problem with making this decision, you know, it's just like, sometimes it's so obvious where you think like, just get on with it, you know, mm -hmm. like, j just change the situation. And I think it's fair enough, you know, like that, um, or I think in the first step, employees should always try to change the place where they're currently working. So I don't say, you know, like, quit if you're unhappy. No, no, that's totally wrong, because otherwise nothing will change. So, you know, like, in fact, we need this transparency, you know, this clear message. Look, I don't like that and that and that. And now this is also important, but I have this and this and this solution. Yeah. And but if you then, you know, get the feedback that, you know, they don't want to change anything. And, you know, like, you know, these typical things. Hey, we're doing this since 100 years here this way and we won't change it for you then obviously it's time to, you know, make your own conclusion, say, okay, then this is not the place I want to be, you know, but I think it's totally important that on the first level, you know, like you need to try to change things in your own company and you need to do it for yourself, you know, for your self-esteem. <laughs> and also because, you know, you have your team colleagues and they might have the same problems. Maybe, you know, they don't have the self-esteem or they are, you know, they're having other problems and that's why they are not tackling this issue, but someone has to, isn't it? If no one talks about the issue, nothing will change. And I believe we have arrived in times where we need to challenge the status quo. You know, we say like, we, we totally, you know, like we always uh, market, yeah, for um, inclusive changing process, you know, so we don't buy in, you know, like that it has something to do with age, with geographical background, with religion, with whatever, you know, this is bullshit, you know, so, but what we say is like, there are a lot of things which need, you know, which are good, which are working, you know, which, which are healthy, and these need to be preserved, you know, and we need to respect them and we need to fight for them, okay, but everything else needs to be changed immediately. Mm. So if it's not good, if it's not useful, if it's not, you know, helping to, you know, reach the mission or whatever, throw it overboard today. Please, today, do it today. Go now <laughs> to your boss. Now, people, stop listening to this podcast. Go to your boss, challenge him. Tell him, mate, we need to progress. So what, do you, what kind of impact do you think will those sessions have on your employees? The feedback is that even though, obviously, you know, the focus is on, you know, like topics regarding our work, a lot of them immediately have impact on their family, on their friends, on their own personality. And I think this is also what they like. So the sessions are not only about work or the work environment, they're also like about private life or life in general? Exactly. I think it's more this life in general thing, you know, it's like, um, you know, it, it, we, we all know it, you know, normally 
99% coming down to communication, isn't it? The right way of communication or peaceful communication, you know, the, yeah, simply, you know, like ensuring that we understand each other. And there we are again, you know, this is, I think, the core of each relationship, isn't it? And mm -hmm. it even doesn't matter if it is, you know, like your love relationship, your relationship to your friends, your family relationships, you know, like um, we are everywhere, you know, we are connected and it's always coming down to communication. So um, an employee of yours told me also that your employees have the possibility to also work on, on private projects during work time. How does that fit into your work concept? I think first of all, um, it's important that um, everyone can also choose their own working model. I was shocked last week when I was in Hamburg that apparently, you know, like part-time work and so on is uh, not coming over there or even, you know, they, they won't allow it. So it's not coming over here in Berlin. <laughs> like okay, it's still so, a thing I mean I yeah, don't know really? a lot of no, people yeah oh my god no but it's it's true I mean I don't know a lot of people who are allowed to work just four days a week so I have a friend she's a designer like um, even on the agency part like she also looked forever to, to find a spot where she could only work four days um, I mean I just know it for myself I yeah, mean yeah. <laughs> well it depends a little bit yeah right if you lead a team and so on maybe yeah, that's yeah, a different story yeah. yeah it's not really easy to find part-time jobs these days. Okay, okay, that's that's bad. We need to change that as well. Go to your boss, tell him you want to work part-time and give him a reason why you want to. <laughs> no, so and, and so I think, first of all, you know, everyone should have this decision because they say like, hey, I'm running a side project, you know, I'm going to candidate uh, for, you know, like um, the, the elections or, or whatever, yes? And um, we are actually looking for that, you know, like I we believe it's part of the DNA of chromatics of ourselves and obviously we also want that our colleagues our team is having this in their DNA as well you know so doing cultural thing you know doing arty things you know like working in an NGO whatever and so obviously if I want that I need to give them the room <laughs> to do that you know because it's always like you know if you say A you have to say B as well and um, on the other side we um, anyway work a lot on unpaid projects as well you know like it's i think this is also again in fact you know when we really started when we were just the three of us even then you know like we had this today we had a calculation and you know we needed to know how much we need to earn you know to run the company and what we did and i think this is the thing which you have to probably do in your mind from the very beginning we calculated with 50 percent of the hours so, you know, like we didn't say, okay, look, this is the number of days, you know, you normally, you know, an average employee is working and, you know, we take now eight hours and then, you know, like you come to a number, let's say a thousand hours a year and then, you know, you break it down to whatever you need to earn and then suddenly, you know, okay, we need to charge 80 euros an hour, yes? And what we do did is we cut it by half. So instead of calculating with thousand hours, we calculated with 500 hours. Because for us, it was totally clear in our mind that, first of all, you can't sell every hour you work. I say like, um, yeah, this, this would be dystopian, isn't it? Like, if you really have to charge every hour you work, this becomes really stressful. Even if I just right now think about it, it's crazy. So, so this is actually, I think, one of the most important things that we decided from the very beginning. There's no way we can, you know, work 100% of our time. We always will have, need to have this time for other things. And why do you think it's important for your companies or your employees that they still work on private things? 
because I think they get a lot of impulses there, you know, it's also forming their personality. Obviously, there they always create a network. And, and as I think this also as this one thing, you know, giving back to the community because most of these side projects are, you know, have a cultural nature, you know, like for example, uh, you did is for example training a football team, you know, like mm. uh, you know others are running a magazine or doing music, you know, they are playing the guitar in a band, they they rapping, you know, so like this is all what I believe makes our society. Um, that's w w what matters, isn't it? Mm. Like this is what's forming an interesting environment we all want to live in. And mm -hmm. um, so sorry, but it's always about paying back, you know, like you as a company, you know, like profit from the society and. You know, you definitely should give back as much as you can. You know, like even I mean, we have to be careful. Sometimes we <laughs> tend to give back more than we can, so you have to be also careful with that. But um, at the end, um, that's maybe the the sad part. You know, it's always coming down to this: if you're not doing it by yourself, probably no one else will. Mm -hmm. So, and that's that's the point, isn't it? Like, we need to do it because no one else does. How do you envision the future of work? I hope, you know, like, okay, now now be really visionary, yes? Okay, I think, first of all, the turn needs to change, you know, like, I think we should talk about how will people find their purpose, their task, you know, which makes them happy, which enables them to contribute to society, and I think, obviously, and we need to find a way that everyone can make a living out of it. So I believe, um, you know, like that um, it's really about giving people a purpose, giving people a um, task, you know, giving people the opportunity to be part of the society and, you know, giving them something which they can contribute. And I believe everyone can contribute something. There's no one, you know, like who can't, you know, like disabled people, you know, like homeless people, you know, everyone can contribute, you know, in some way, you know, can lighten up our day, you know, and even if it's just, you know, playing the Montamonica, you know, in the, on a sidewalk, you know, which maybe, you know, lightens you up on the way to work, yes, uh, everyone is precious. And I believe that, you know, like, um, maybe also, you know, we really have to change this world work and we need to find a way that obviously everyone can also live from, you know, like doing the task. So if someone, for example, whichever reason, definitely just wants to work in charities, you know, like whatever the Red Cross or, you know, like um, as a fireman or, you know, like there are so many, you know, charities around, um, then this is a great thing he's doing for society. And then obviously we still need to enable him to afford a flat, you know, and to afford some food and so on and so on. And sounds sounds not really crazy, but I believe if we want to live in peace, this is the biggest challenge ahead mm -hmm. to find a way, you know, that everyone can be meaningful, everyone can have a purpose, everyone is needed and gets their way how to contribute and I believe, or what would be my wish, that everyone is following more, um, you know, like their heart, you know, more the thing they really want to do and this is also why I believe we definitely need to form and change our educational system because unfortunately a lot of is lost there and instead of enabling kids you know to find their dream you know their special skill you know this one thing they're really good at and we're doing it completely wrong you know like we're wasting their time with you know like giving them repetitive knowledge you know which you know no one really da does need anymore and we suggest them if you want to good be a good student you always need grade one in every, in, you know, in, in every subject. 
in math, in German, in history, in biology, you know, in physics. Mm -hmm. And I think this is part of the problem. So, and for example, in school I founded, or I co-founded, yeah, and there were no marks, there were, um, you know, even no um, yearly, you know, exams, there, were, there was nothing because it is not important. And mm. I understand that in the moment, you know, it's still difficult because, you know, if you go to an HR person, they want to see your exam, you know, they want to see your grades, you know, and mm. so on and so on. But... Uh, yeah, this will change as well. It's more, we, we, we will have to come to the point where it's more about the person itself, about your character, about your abilities, about your skills, you know, about your mindset. I think this will become more and more important. So what is your advice to um, larger companies? I mean, Chromatix, yes, you're quite still a quite small agency. Yeah. So what would your advice be to larger um, companies on how they could learn from, from your example and maybe adapt some things? I think there are actually big companies who have, you know, experienced that it makes totally sense in, you know, to work in that way. For example, SAP, yes, they have a mindfulness center with now I think 50 full employed people. They run centers all about the world. They have an, an academy where they literally, I think, already coached like 8,000 of their employees. And again, you know, like this is something which the finance guys will like. They can even measure the return on invest, you know, because suddenly, you know, like the fluctuation went down, you know, the happiness uh, went up, you know, like the days of, you know, like uh, sick people uh, also uh, went down dramatically and uh, obviously also the results of the meetings were much better. And now, you know, some of you might think, okay, now they are rolling out yoga mats and, you know, they are uh, meditate the whole day. No, it's not. <laughs> it's more like, you know, like practical things, you know, for example, if they start a meeting, they take one minute to arrive, you know, to concentrate, you know, like this one minute in, in peace, this one minute, you know, without, you know, in silence, yes, and uh, then everyone is there, and then they start a meeting, it's such simple daily things, you simply uh, start to live, that's the point, I think it's, th it's this, isn't it, and mm. I believe the important thing is um, that they simply believe that Anything they will invest, you know, in their organization, in their team, will definitely pay back. And that's the point, isn't it? That's what people are scared of, isn't it? It's about, oh, we're wasting money and, uh, you know, the, we have nothing from it. And that's bullshit, you mm. know, you will have so much of it, you know. And some people like to measure it in numbers, you know, and I believe, you know, it's just common sense that you definitely, um, you know, will help you. And I think one thing which is also happening already is like um, you need to bring uh, large organizations again down to, you know, manageable um, tribes, you know, to manageable teams, you know, like us. Because we all know that, isn't it? Like we couldn't do like a giant, you know, coaching session with even with, I think, with 100 people, it's difficult, you know, yeah. like, uh, and, uh, you know, and you obviously not with thousands of them, you know, so um, you need to find a way what you can apply. And I think, again, and if you want to do this, you know, I think it could, for example, totally make sense, you know, if, you, if we talk about, for example, unions in Germany, yeah. we have a lot of unions, yes, then do, again, innovative things like a fishbowl, you know, like Google fishbowl. Uh, this could, for example, even work with thousands of people, mm -hmm. so... You know, it's always about taking the right methodology for, you know, like the purpose, for, you know, the context, for, you know, like the thing you want to want to fix. If you would give one single leadership advice, what would it be? 
stand up for your values and be transparent always. If you, you know, if someone makes you, you know, like not adhering to this thing, you know, like to, to you know, live your values, then it's definitely time to change something. And uh, how has your um, own perspective on work maybe changed since you've become a founder and like true leader? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's totally upside down. Honestly, it's totally upside down. And, um, you know, like, I say this in full transparency, you know, when I was working in London, yes, um, I always said um, the happiest day at work are weekends, your paydays and your holidays. And not in a mean way, but, you know, kind of this completely changed. Now yeah. these are the days I hate. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but yeah, it is a little bit like this, isn't it? Okay. Like if you just go to work, you know, because you, you know, need the money for living, something is totally wrong. Yeah. So what is then your advice for people which are maybe unhappy in their current job situation? Yeah, challenge. First, first of all, challenge your team, you know, ch challenge, you know, your, your supervisor. And hopefully, you know, you, you, will, you will experience the magic that once I talk about it, there is the possibility for change. But if you experience that there is no way to change, then, you know, either do look for a new job or even better, get self-employed and change it the way you like it. All right. So we're coming to our last question already. I asked everyone on the podcast. So since you're a co-founder, I think you already have the chance to, to shape the ways how you find talent or how they discover your company and how the work environment maybe looks like. But there are probably things which are not so easily solvable at the moment. So if you would have the superpower to change one thing in terms of employment situations for your employees or work, what would you change? The one thing <laughs> I would to change is, as I believe, you know, like that, especially at work, we are in a relationship. I would like to make it more, you know, like that the process of coming together feels and works like a proper relationship, mm -hmm. you know, like so that uh, instead of, you know, like trying to present ourselves as the best, you know, employer and you as a best employee, it's more like a candlelight dinner, you know, and we get to know each other. We talk about life. We talk about God, you know, we talk about the things which matter to us, which are important. And maybe even we have the chance, you know, not to marry straight away, but instead of, you know, like being in a kind of, you know, like, yeah, first in a friendship situation, you know, like, hey, you know, like, we're going together to the cinema, we're doing together a project, you know, we, we, we have this chance, you know, to, yeah, to, to really check if, you know, it fits or it doesn't, you know, mm -hmm. because I believe it, for both sides, um, if we find out, you know, that it's not, you know, the perfect match, for both sides, it's not the best way, isn't it? Because you have lost valuable lifetime and the employer needs to start from the beginning, isn't it? I think that would be great, isn't it? Like if it could be more like, uh, yeah, we go into, into a relationship and there could be a way, you know, how to make this happen. All right. So then we're looking forward to more close relationships at work or with work. All right. Thank you very much, Andreas. Thank you, Christina.